I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. Now that small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. <laughs> Some fellow was saying there yesterday, and, and, and he was with Buff, Jerry the Goslin, McNamara, the Whedon Bait, Cork and Tips, his 1955 the championship in the one year. About 97 straight away, anyway. I'm sure one of them we bet him twice, like. <laughs> Anyways, um, how yeah, things? Idea, welcome everyone to the, uh, the podcast this morning uh, with the Irish Examiner. Uh, delighted to be joined uh, by TJ from some uh, den of iniquity in Galway, overnighting. Uh, Marco looks okay, looks okay, and the great Brian Hogan the looks okay eye. as well. It's a round robin, I suppose, and you're still not gone. A lot to play for, but um, <laughs> interesting day, yeah, lads, yeah, two big ones, and I suppose two kind of one-sided. No one from Westmead give a great account of themselves uh, against uh, Dublin. TJ, you, you had flagged from a long way out that May Day... You were hitting for Salt Hill, uh, and you went up to see your old buddy Kevin. And, but also, you had a good seat to see the two managers. A lot of talk about the two managers over the last uh, eighteen hours or so. Yeah, it certainly didn't didn't disappoint Dillo. It, it had it all. It was a great match. First of all, I know probably plenty of mistakes which we'll talk about in a while. But the two teams fronted up and went at it. The two managers fronted up and went at it. And I suppose from a Galway point of view, there was probably a bit of pressure on them at home. Maybe a little bit disappointed with the crowd. I was having a, 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 a just a quick chat with Paul Bellew last night. I think what Galway need to do is they need to get this stadium out of where it is and move it out into a nice greenfield site outside the city and build some kind of a new home for Galway that they, that they can just get, maybe get twenty five or 30,000 people into. But in terms of... Well, I've been saying that flags, for about 20 years. Yeah, Bring it yeah, to Atten alongside that motorway. But, uh, yeah, right alongside the motorway. But um, no, I did everything, and, and, and the city was city, city centre was bouncing last night. Loads of Kilkenny people. I met club mates of yours, Hoagie, and met uh, Billy Ryan's mother and father, and James Ryle, and the Greg, the Greg Belly Callan boys, and everyone was in great form. But what I will say the other before we started with the matches, I went for a cup of coffee and the prom before the game. I was up nice and early, and I met a fella asking for you, right? <laughs> The great Jimmy Cooney having a cup of tea inside inside the pub, pub, yeah. Jimmy of my so, of my it, former it, it, club Sarsfield's fame. Correct, correct, correct. Is he remembered for anything else, Jimmy? Is he? <laughs> I don't know. A gentleman. So we, we had a bit of foot, bit of crack there, and in fairness, down the pram and uh, Galway GA had organised an event as well before the game, where they had kind of a bit of entertainment on for kids and a bit of music playing and. Bit of razzmatazz around it, and like in fairness, just just a very very good day out and great entertainment. And obviously the match then didn't disappoint. And 
we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that in a while. But no, absolutely perfect. And I met another colleague, no, I won't say a colleague of yours, an acquaintance of yours, said he met you here in February, Morris here in the G uh, Hotel in Galway, looking after me there last night and, and this morning. Uh, top man, big hurling fan. Uh, he's a Carlo man. And if anybody is uh, looking for uh, somewhere to go and a bit of R&R, Marco down the road, maybe he'll look after you for the Galway races. Uh, tap into Morris here in the G and he'll look after you. I, I'd definitely be taking you up on that offer anyway. Yeah. Later yeah, on well, in July there. Yeah. I, t- I, think, I think myself and Eilish went in for a coffee, TJ. We couldn't afford to stay in a place like the Gino <laughs> and Morty I, I Brown, Brown to take in <laughs> some Morty Browns. Like. Mar- 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 said he looked after you here er- er- earlier in the year. Yeah, but no, as I said, great crack. Oh, so great, Galway's a great city anyway. So great, great fun around last night. It was great atmosphere. And as I said, in fairness, like Kenny Folk, you know, I mean, sporting people and uh, the crack was mighty. Like, and in fairness, I think they were very genuine about the match, kind of saying they were probably looking to get the goal, maybe to, to, to make it a draw. And look, we've loads of talking points and we get to all of them. Like, but overall, yeah. as I had flagged, Mayday in Salt Hill overnight in Galway, and I met a good few people who took my advice. It didn't disappoint. Ah, yeah, fair play. You flagged it from a long way out. Hoagie, <laughs> did, you, did you do the armchair or did you go over? <laughs> Unfortunately, Dello, I did the armchair. I was in the south of France all week with work and came back in Friday evening. So if I was to, uh, yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't make it on. Disappointing, obviously, because um, as TJ has mentioned, this is the big one. You know, I went, I was in the park for the leash match the week before and there's non-events and there's all, all roads were leading to the Salt Hill. But uh, yeah, no, look, this is, um, we'll obviously come on to it and um, the match itself and uh, I think TJ's touching a few points there. I think he's fair, it's, it, which are fair enough. Um, you know, it was a scrappy affair at times from a Kilkenny perspective. You know, like we got what we always expect from a Kilkenny team. You know, plenty of grit and you know heart and you know effort and um, just felt particularly in the first half. You know, we were overdoing it and trying to work the ball out through the lines um, and the accuracy wasn't there in it. You know, I mean, even like. Probably our most consistent player over the last, aside from TJ, maybe you know, and Murphy, you know, he made two really un- uncharacteristic um, mistakes. You know, forcing the pass um, when he'd been better, trying to deliver. It. You know, we were getting a lot of success with Owen Cody inside and Billy Ryan. You know, delivering direct, and obviously the goal came off one of those. You know, straight hand passes, and just felt, yeah, just felt we were a bit, a bit all over the place in, in, in the first half of times, and. Uh, you know, we're, we're lucky, I suppose, only uh, in summer sex, only six points uh, down at half time, you know, but like at the other end, you know, Cody was unreal, you know, throughout the match. He was just every time the ball came into him, a little bit like Galan, maybe for Limerick, in that he was the out ball. Every time the ball came in, it stuck, you know, no matter what way it came into him. And uh, just thought he was immense. At, at one stage, I think there was two, and if not three, Galway lads on him trying to stop him. But, um, but yeah, like as TJ's mentioned, you know, even the goal at the end from John Donnelly. Um, it was great, like credit to the boys, you know, stay going. But you know, um, I felt probably God we were just a little bit, a little bit uh, stronger. But regardless, we got ourselves in the position then, you know, it was a draw on the cards. And you could argue potentially we could have got the point to win it the way the puck out, the way the ball broke off Paddy and fell to Tom Beale, you know. And it was a two point swing, obviously. wasn't it? It was, it was for sure, you know. But look, look, either way, I thought a draw. You know, it looked like it should have, you know, it should have been a draw. I just thought it was a, it was a bad decision. You know, I mean, we'll come on to it. I didn't feel, I don't know what you guys think, but 
I thought Paddy's eyes were on the ball all the time and you know he was fully committed. You can't at that stage you can't pull out or go half hearted into a tackle and yeah, I thought it was a big call. Yeah. Um we'll 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 go through it because I must have watched about twenty seven times at this stage from the replay from, from, from Derek and uh Shane last night. Um and they had the they were at the highlight, I suppose, but still it wasn't maybe conclusive enough. But um yeah, you were treated to Don Log and Jackie and Ursula then, sure. Um and at least Don Log would he let us know some week what he's going to wear on the programme? It's either runners or a t-shirt, or it's a three-piece suit. Like it is very confusing for the ordinary fella in his early fifties. You know, <laughs> wouldn't be going in in the runners and the jeans. And so. He's a guest man. Well, you uh, might, you I'd might say you made the right a... decision, though, Hoagie. I'd say you made the right decision, though, because the ball was about to be thrown in in, in Turles. Do you know? And I was down myself. Aoife did the drive, and we left about ten past ten, and we did. We went on as far as Barack Obama and we had the rashes and the sausages and the pudding and yes. everything, Mark. But I was saying that there could be a late change here with Cork. I, was, I met Tomas McCahey and he was just kind of saying that uh, he thought Dara Fitz might start centre forward. And I got one of the people on the panel here, like, said, I'm, on, I'm not near the ground yet. I can't get in with this traffic. Like, but you did the right thing, Hoagie. You were able to sit down and watch it. You'd have been as well off, Mark, to pay the tenor for Jay Go and, and, and just watch the game. <clears throat> I had a lot of activity now over the weekend, Dela. Is there more scanning done? I was trying to squeeze an awful lot of things in, like so. I unfortunately I was I had to turn down TJ's invitation for the copper box on Friday to go in Punchestown. So thanks, TJ. But I ended up going to a Carcon gig, actually. Would you believe? And Donald Linehan and Stuart uh, Barnes were actually were there. Was, Are we allowed can to I, talk can about stop that? You there? No, no, no. <laughs> Corporate I, I really want to talk about um, Katie Taylor over the weekend or maybe Derry Wheaton because I know I'm going to get a desperate grueling over the result yesterday but we, and we will get to that I'm sure at the end of the show when we have everything else discussed like but um, no, the small had a bit of soccer on, on, Saturday, on Sunday morning so we had to shoot down to Dungarvan first and then he went to do another hour and I said we got to be gone by half past 12 but then he said oh you promised me we'd call settle one so we arrived in Tullus so about okay. five past two Five past two, it was, I think when I got into six points to three and we were starving, so we said we'd order a burger and the chips. And by the time we got in for the burgers and the chips, it was 14 points to four. You'd have been as well off the stand, And I wouldn't mind, but I was only about seven or eight yards from the stand, but I was out the back waiting for the chicken burger to be cooked and all I could hear was the roar and gone on. It, was, it reminded me a bit, a bit like 95, you know, the, the clear shout. Was that was it the yelp for the shout that you used to have at that stand? So. Oh, the clear shout. You. That was it, but um, ah, sure. <laughs> I give one myself. As, I think as, there was a lot of cock lads in front of me. I let up one and I got a big kind of a woo hoo hoo back from the clear. And I nearly had the mask on and everything, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, yeah. um, no, and we, we were out of the stadium on the 69th minute because I, I, I missed the last goal because. Was, I, I hope you got a free ticket of Pamela Gay or someone because so much of a while paying 25 quid. Like. Well, look, luckily enough, I did get a couple of spare tickets from a man in Douglas over the weekend. He said, I have a couple of free tickets. Do you want to? So I said, go on, I said. And I was I was blessed with lovely seats in the middle of the field, to be honest. And oh, you know what yeah. I thought, right? It was down the 21 there. There actually what? was a great cock crow there. And there was a lot of people, I knew a few people around, but a lot of people I wouldn't know. And do you know what? 
they're great supporters because I can tell you they're after going some, through some persecution over the last four or five weeks and they keep coming back week on week. Our supporters are magnificent. But I can tell you this much, and we'll be getting on to it in a minute, they've been left down an awful lot over the last four or five weeks. And I think no more than TJ pointed out about the Galway-Kilkenny game. I said to you four or five weeks ago, when I went down to see Waterford playing Tipperary and saw how good they were, I said, this could end badly for Cork because the league final wasn't going to go well, I felt. Then you had the All-Ireland champions coming, which didn't go well, and I said that. And then you had the Ed Sheeran scenario where we gave up the 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 the, the home game to play Clare. So you weren't worried and about And I'm sure Brian Lohan. And you know what? I was really delighted to see Brian Lohan and Pat Fitz hugging and kissing after the match yesterday. And you're trying to tell me last night that you didn't see it at all. But I saw it clean as day. So... It was great to see a few mended bridges yesterday on, on the field of play. Well, I don't know. They can do a lot with photographs now. I was in Ardan Urien, the new stand, as we always called it, Turles, down around the 14-yard line. And he got the tickets, so I can't complain. And like so, I was just there where the cock warm-up was on, but you wouldn't know where that was the time you came in. But anyway... Um, I know I was way, I was way over the far side of the side. I could see Lohan got a yellow for something. I, what did he get a yellow for? Yeah, no, to be honest with it, I'd say I couldn't, I couldn't see that. it yellow. I, I'd say it was gone, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> the, the, no, for long, we're having a few set twos, all right, about a few decisions, but sure. it was hot and heavy, it was hot and heavy down there on the line. Um, I, I small bit of a thing like struck me, lads, yesterday. Um, when we got out of the car, like in Turles, and it was squally all day, like you know, my god, I was glad, I was glad I brought the hat and the big coat. Like, tis diff, I, and I've kind of been saying we probably are a bit early with the Munster Championship and maybe giving up August, like you know, and and then uh, Leinster Championship, likewise. I don't know what it was like in Salt Hill, it looked brighter, uh, from the television, but just st- still felt like going to a league semi final or something. Now, we all know what was at stake. So you wouldn't be long getting ramped up once the ball was thrown in, but still feels strange to be wrapping up and you know, loads of people love to go to the matches now in their jerseys, don't they? And you know, there's no hope of well a few, including one of my own ladies, braved it with a jersey on her. I wonder no why she's sick on Tuesday or something, but yeah, it's still a bit strange. I don't know what it was like in, in it's all till TJ. You were walking the prom anyway. It seemed to be I was in the prom. In, in fairness, it, it was a typical um Salt Hill game. The breeze, as you know, Dilla was blowing straight down the field, out towards the coast. So we had felt before the game the breeze was probably worth four or five points. And it kind of turned out that way. Um, Galway played with the breeze um, and used it very well, in fairness. And they scored 117 in the first half and, and they were buzzing. Um, uh, major pluses for Galway around the pitch. Um, they started with David Burke and Johnny Cohn in the middle of the field. And Joe Cooney and back and to the future, teach, wasn't it? Back to the future, yeah. And 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 they had yeah. Joseph Cooney and Tom Monaghan uh, at ten and twelve, and they were very busy. Like, and in fairness, like Joe Cooney ended up with four points in play, and Tom Monaghan ended up with three points in play. So seven points in two wing forwards was a big return. And I think if you look at uh, maybe the, the, the overall Galway performance, they'd be really happy with the form of people like Parik Mannion and fellas like Joe Cooney. Brian Conkhannon got four points. Mannion was yeah. playing playing well and it looks like they found a new forward in Tom Monaghan beautiful mover lovely striker of the ball getting big returns from playing out so an awful lot of positives there for them as I said 117 in the first half and would have been happy with their performance maybe they look back and one or two maybe poor mistakes def- definitely for 
one cold any time he skinned Jack Grealish down there and put the ball across for Billy Ryan. There was a couple of things maybe they could have done a little bit better. So there will be findings there. On the Kenny side, I'll, I'll go back to what Brian said a while ago. Like Owen Murphy, by the standards that he has set, would have been probably one of the halves that he will not look back on, like his distribution. And there's definitely, what would you call, uh, a, a kind of, a, I won't say a confusion, but there's a change in Kilkenny. Their warm-up is different. There's fellas wearing bibs. There's small-sided games. There's definitely a change going on, right? Like that, Do you know that bibs, Hoggy? <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, it, 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 was, it was definitely different, and it was, it was good to see. Um, there, there, there's, a, there's an in-between. There, there are probably at times, I'd say, coaching and using the ball well and going through the lines. But then... At times, there was shouts from the line in different places. Well, you just hit the ball along, and there was a little bit of kind of in between. I think there might be a little bit of confusion for Kilkenny just to tidy up there. They kind of went long at times where maybe the shorter ball was on. But um, I think the forwards played well. A couple of really surprising things for me was I, I just the TJ Reid one was was strange. They had played Can against I ask the you Breeze. There, did, did Darren Morrissey pick him up rather yeah. than Dahi? Yeah, mm, it's a fair call out of out of the boys now, Henry and the lads, isn't it? It was a fair call. And Dan Morrissey had a very, very good game. Um, but I, I just still thought they were playing into the breeze in the first half. And like TJ was kind of playing maybe outside a bit, like Owen Cody and Billy Ryan had taken up the two-man full forward line where TJ was kind of coming out, trying to get onto a puck out. And it was kind of crowded there. It was tough going. And, you know, like, he by his own standards, he missed two frees. One of them, like I was just chalking it down when, when the umpire waved it wide. I've never seen TJ hit them wide, which is unusual. But... What I thought was more unusual was he took him off at half time. I thought surely with the breeze, lab him at 14, 10, 15 minutes. He he didn't have a brilliant first half by any standards, but you could say that was a good few of the forwards. Like outside of Owen Cody, the rest of them were just kind of scrapping away. But it was a very tough physical match. Both teams fronted up. Um there was good matchups. Like um Kilkenny tried to play with Paddy Deegan holding the number six, and that allowed Galway to leave Parik Mannion holding the number six. And then there was maybe, like, Jack Grealish looked like he got injured and looked like Galway made the change. I think they put Johnny Cohn back to wing-back and they put Parik Mannion back on Owen Cody. And there was two or three big tussles there, 50-50 balls near the finish. The Parik Mannion came out and won. And that probably was maybe the difference at the end. Um, I thought the goal was soft. I think Ian Murphy would look back in that and he'd be disappointed. But great spectacle. Galway didn't score from play for... I think 21 minutes of the second half, um, which, I mean, they have a couple of things to tidy up on. Their panel might need to be strengthened. I do know that I think Ronan Glennon and Jason Flynn are on the return, which will definitely bolster the squad. And as you said, David Burke around the middle of the field, great performance, chipped them in a brilliant point from play in the second half. So an awful lot of positives for the lads. Evan Nyland didn't play either, so I don't know, Marco, um, was that an injury? I didn't find out. I, I must find out. But like he had been named to start at 13, so Johnny Cohen started instead of him, and Johnny Cohen got a great goal. But the sideline watch, Dindelo, was, was intriguing. Like There was... Yeah. There was four or five times. I was right behind the two of them. Um, there wasn't a huge amount said, but in fairness to both of them, you know what I mean? They, they, they both fronted up and no, no, no doubt, like we, the handshake at the finish, it was definitely frosty. In fairness to Cody, I'm going to say two things. He was bull thick with the decision by the referee, right? And you probably saw that the way he was trying to approach column lines walking off the field. So when the final whistle was blown, I'd say he just couldn't believe that he gave the free and he kind of went to walk towards the referee. And Henry kind of just cut across and just uh, looked through, through in the hand. And there was the stare and stuff like I thought Cody could have been a bit more sporting, but that might be a bit, a bit harsh out of it out of, out of me. But 
I just I just felt that Henry, in fairness, was magnanimous. He went over, choked the hand. There was nothing said. They shook hands and they got on. Which is, it is a bit of a sideshow, but I thought it was it was it was good to watch it. And even during the game, as I said, the crowd got behind board of them once or twice when they were kind of looking at each other. And you know what I mean, like Cody came up came up to Shefflin's box once or twice. And but yeah, tough game to referee as well because second half, geez, there were some welters of tackles and you know the work rate from both sides, as you can imagine from those two boys, Henry and Cody. They had their team as well prepped. Um, Hoggy, the Kenny team, I just like the midfield is kind of a little bit all over the place in terms of the, he whipped them merely. The, there isn't really a fluidity about it. There definitely are positives. Poggy Walsh is working. Walter looks like a fellow who's back to very close to his best. Owen Cody is a massive plus. Real top class inside forward now. Dangerous every single time you get the ball. Mikey Carey, Mikey Butler, like the backs, you all are definitely had a good game. But the midfield is an area for Kilkenny that needs to be fixed. And I'm not sure. I suppose the, the, the bit of a surprise for me before the game was I had thought that Blanchfield, Keen, Kenny and maybe Massey Cohn and these boys had played really, really well in the league. But obviously then in, in, in the 15 and 15s or whatever, they hadn't kind of come up trump. So, yeah, a li- li- little bit to be fixed for Kilkenny there, I would say. Yeah. No, I, I pretty pretty much covered everything, DJ. Um, I'd 100% agree with you on the midfield. We haven't been able to pin down even one kind of, you know, anchor kind of constant in midfield. You know, we've tried Adrian Mullen, we've tried uh, James Marr, we've tried Key Kenny, we've tried, you know, there's we've had about five or six guy, different guys in there. Um, and you're right, it, it, it was a position we, we, you know, we lost yesterday big time. And and it is a, it is a, I won't say a problem, but it's, it's an area that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, Connor Brown was taken off yesterday. I, I, I liked the look at a half back line up to, to yesterday for whatever. Look, these things can happen. You can just have it one of those days. Um, so he's an option. Maybe he did, you know, his first year in, they put him in midfield and he he's a serious engine on him and he's a big, you know, he's a physical unit. So whether they decide to go back with Blanchfield wing back and putting him in there is an option, but it is, it's an unsettled at the moment and they need to kind of find some answers there. Uh, Keen Kenny was going, going reasonably well. He tore his hamstring and that, you know, that set him back a bit, but. Yeah, um, pretty much, as you said, I, I also agree with you. I think they are a little bit kind of falling between two stools in terms of what they're trying to do, um, even in the leash match, which bore no resemblance to, to the intensity that was there yesterday. But he, at times, it was very pedestrian and it was it was kind of too slow, you know, and, and you need to... They just yeah, they just seem to be overdoing it. But against better opposition yesterday, they were getting you know when the squeeze came on, they were getting turned over and uh, cost them a couple of scores. And at the top level, you know you just can't do that. You need there needs to be clarity in terms of what you're trying to deliver and just overdoing it at times. You know, and when, when it was clear that if they could get the diagonal ball quick and early into the two boys inside, that they were they were winning there in the first twenty minutes. You know, Galway made it one or two changes. You know, when Mannion slotting back and that that shored it up a bit, but um. But yeah, like Owen aside, Owen Cody aside in the forward line, you know, we didn't get enough out of the rest of the guys on the scoreboard. Wally is going well. Um, you know, he, he scored one or two great points. He's a physical option here. But Adrian Mullen, you know, didn't, you know, I think he got a point from, uh, you know, points during the match. Um, Parik is, is, I think Parik is, is going well there, centre forward. He got a great point in the first half. Just, we got two very simple balls. Ball broke through the half back line. Bang, didn't even look over the bar. Wally the same. But, Outside of that, you know, say Billy, the ball was put in the plate for him by 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 Owen. It came at a bullet. I, again, I'd like to have seen him take the put the hand to it rather, but 
he got it anyway and stuck it and stuck it well but just need to get a bit more from the guys you know it's 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 um and then it's what what's coming off the you know the strength and depth as well coming off the bench but yeah it's a bit scrappy tj i think you covered a lot of the the, the main points there midfield is an Can issue I ask you, Kogi, one or two things yeah just obviously uh, everyone said after the league semi-final that you kind of the perfect lead in with the two handy games give tj a chance to get a bit of you know Galway had that battle with Wexford, which they kind of blew and only got a point, but still it was a, a big test. Now, I'd nearly say they nearly blew it again yesterday, TJ. I know you have a lot of positives to say about him, but I'd have question marks there. No score for 21 minutes, as you said, and even the late goal, the, the whistle probably should have been blown before. And I'll give you a Murphy great credit now for the puck out, because whether it was a free or not, now we'll talk about it in a minute, but he actually... After letting in the soft enough goal, he gave it a perfect height ball to Tom Monaghan, didn't he? To, to I think it was a direct puck out, was it? It was, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, like, I mean, that was a great ball. It was a brave ball. A lot of goalies would have said, oh, God, but at least it's a draw and just bait it out near the sideline, you know? So that was a brave call. Now, it could have gone either way. It was a, a bit of a two-point swing. But any talk, Hoagie, I have to ask you, first of all, about the handshake. I just have to ask you. I, we knew coming on this morning was a big game and we needed you on. So, but I didn't know this was going to happen. What, look, at, this is my take on, on all this all, all night last night. I'm just chatting with friends. I wouldn't be saying anything on social media because we're on today and we've plenty of time to talk about it. But as TJ said, like, who's to say there wasn't an old word said, like, along the way? I presume Henry Shefflin would never in his life have said anything to Brian Cody that might upset him a bit, right? So he might have said, hey, down the line there, you... Stay in your own box or something like that. And that might have been a shock to Brian. And it was looking like, hey, but obviously time moves on. And Brian has to realise now that Henry has made a choice and is moving on with, with his own managerial career, which has been very successful to date. So for me, the, the amount of people commenting on it and not knowing, was there a word spoke or what the circumstances were? Yeah, I've never seen so many amateur psychologists come on oh. <laughs> on social media over the last 24 hours. And like, yeah, look, we've all seen it, looked at it. I mean, again, I, I'm I'm only interpreting it from what I've seen, you know, the same as yourselves. Um, there's no doubt Brian was bullying. <laughs> we were all bullying. Like Kenny people, you know, like I was snapping, obviously it's my own club man, and that, you know, I was screaming at the TV and, and that so the emotion was high. Um, but look. There was emotion on the Henry side as well, um, both from a sporting context, but from a personal context, you know. And I think it was, you know, I don't want to be dramatic, but it was disappointing insofar as the two boys have have soldiered for so long, 15 years together. And, and just the context of the last two months for Henry, which, you know, I can only imagine how difficult it's been. Um, you know, and, and he mentioned it post-match. It was disappointing that there wasn't a bit more, you know, kind of... Uh, there, there was a coldness to it, you know, but, you know, that's purely from looking at it from the outside and we don't know what was going through the last heads, but I would have thought there'll be, a, the, once the final whistle went, that was it and, and you know, it, you know, fair play and you, you move on. But look, TJ added a bit more colour to it in terms of, you know, Brian's movements across the fields to speak to the ref and, you know, Brian, as long as I've been there, has rarely ever commented or made an issue about a refereeing decision or whatever it is. So the fact that he was going across the fields to have a word will tell you where his mindset was but you know we've had a fair few tragedies over the last 
couple of weeks and, and months and I think that puts things in perspective and uh, you know there's a number of lads there you have, you have Henry obviously you have TJ Brennan coming on Goethe you know be remiss to me not to mention his father passed away a couple of days ago you know and he only he was buried on Saturday so there's a lot of emotion in in, in that area on top of the, the way the match finished but yeah look it did from as an amateur psychologist myself looking on I, I just thought Jesus like you know there could have been a little bit more more warm to the bush two serious competitors you know at the end of the day but you know in fairness still it, it, it was good viewing like sitting in the stand just watching like, <laughs> these, these, they're, they're, can you imagine you licking your chops above looking yeah, at yeah yeah <laughs> but, but like these are two iconic characters in the game of hurling two big to I mean imposing individuals as well right and like two big names and like just to see the two of them just coming close together a couple of times and there was very little said if anything but you just knew the body language and in fairness like neither was obviously going to back down and like there was definitely at one instance when brian definitely came up too far and i saw henry just kind of beckoning kind of tip away back it might have been as nice as that Taylor I don't know but one of the other things I will I will, I will say here is and I'm going to make this point I've made it a couple of times already in the show the, the loss of the mayor Forna is a big issue I would say for yeah. the managers right there was three or four times in the game yesterday where there was a fella down injured like Hugh Lawler was down like any were thinking to be by a sub is he injured is he not and even trying to get in to find out what is the story here I mean Galway had a fella down and like in fairness to Colin Lines, like outside of the last decision right, there, was, there was no like real feeling from anywhere that, 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 that Cullum, like he had a great control of the game. It was a tough game. Both teams, as I said, went at us, really went at each other. Um, but the loss of the Mayor Forna is, is, to me, I think we're taken away from the game because, again, when you go to these games and you want to see these guys kind of running around the field, making the changes, and it adds to it, I, I, I just think that we're, we're missing a trick there. But definitely it for me... It nearly makes it impossible, TJ, to make it. Ah, it does, it does. It we say Kieran Kingston and Brian Lohan run the, the old stand side in Turles and you know to get a word over to the the, the, the right corner forward, right yeah. forward <laughs> you know I mean or the right half forward like and in fairness to Robbie O'Flynn he was one of Cork's better men on the day but it does it's I mean I was nearly hoarse last night I've recovered somewhat a small bit of lubrication um, from roaring at Aaron Shanahan to take off his helmet he was down injured we needed to play stopped it was before uh, Marquine got his raid to level it up and Cork were coming like and he, he went down he got a heavy challenge I suppose it was just one of those he was winded back but he had to go down he wouldn't go down handy now he's a tough lad like but he left his helmet on so Pot Dwyer let in the medics and I think that the rule is I'm back involved at the club and I've seen it happening now a few times in the three or four games we've played that lads wants to get their helmet off the play is stopped so have to stop. he's so frustrating yeah. isn't it yeah because yeah, but you're you, taking you, a mark on. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to say, Dale, like, I think there's so much pressure on referees now. I feel sorry for them, to be honest with it, because they need every assistance they can get. Like, you know, yesterday, part of the wire, his umpires put him in a lot of doo-doo yesterday because there was a couple of 65s in the first half, wasn't 65s at all. There was a ball was waved one, over the bear. That was a foot wide. one for Claire right at the end as well, a definite totally. 65. And your man, so, your man was at the post. Oh yeah, that's was right. right over the corner yeah. flag. Remember that one? Yeah, that's right. I was, I was, I was actually up beside that. It was a definite sixty-five to clear. So mm. I feel very, very sad for and and like you know the referee is on his own lads. That's 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 the thing about it as well. And he has got to go to work as well today. So any assistance we can give to referees, we should be giving to him. 
Um, and I agree 100% with the Mayor Forna. Like, and I will make this point. There's a couple of changes have happened in hurling that have been the cause of football. And the Mayor Forna is one of them. And the under-21 rule is the other one, whereby a player who's on the, uh, the likes of Keon Joyce is not available. Now, he will he actually... Well, they're out of the championship now, so it makes no difference. But th- those rules came in on the back of football rules. And we've got to protect the game of hurling, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, yeah, I definitely yeah. would like to see them in a four in the back. You know, cause even you take yesterday, right? Like, it's just a big pressure game for Henry, right? He's, he's, he's stepped across the line, right? He's in the management. He's, he's, he's taken the Galway job. And like, Kilkenny people probably divided maybe as to whether he should be going and maybe educating another county or whether he should be staying at home and helping them. Like, that's a tricky one for them. But, like, the bottom line is he's taking it on. He's having a go. And just to be out there on his own and maybe not having Richie right beside him and stuff, I just, I just think it's a little bit unfair. I think I think they need, like, managers do. I've been there myself. Like, there are times when, jeez, you don't know. Like, it's such a... You just basically need somebody to kind of just that bit of advice on time. So, like, reaching for it, I think, is unfair. We need the mere four in the back. But to be fair to Henry, he took on the job. It's not easy. He was at home. There was a bit of expectation there from Galway. But he got to win, and it, and it's brilliant for them. Both teams have work to do. My my, my overriding feeling is we will have round two. I, I I think they are the two best teams in 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 Leinster, and I think roll on to June Bank Holiday weekend we will have round two in in Crow Park. Yeah, but just 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 to expand out a little bit, um, TJ, I don't know whether you heard the interview that Henry gave on the radio because no, I I got it, it on the way home. I'd have to say, in all right, and as a player, he was one of the greatest I've ever seen. But the interview he gave afterwards on the radio just proved again what kind of a, a brilliant, brilliant man Henry Shefflin is. And I mentioned when he first got the job, I thought it was fantastic for the game of hurling that a star like Henry would be taking on a manager's role. He obviously would take on the Kilkenny job if, the, if that job became available. But as you know, and Brian, you know it more than most, like that, that job probably should have changed hands maybe two or three times in the last four or five years, but it hasn't happened. So, I mean, he can't wait around forever at the end of the day because that is a position that I've no doubt a lot of people in Kilkenny would expect him to step into. So I think it's great for Henry, but just for people who didn't hear the interview, um, I think Martin Kiley asked him one question. He said, Henry, you mind me asking what was going through your mind when Conor Cooney was standing over the last three? And he said, I'll tell you, Martin, to be honest with it. He said, I was thinking of my brother uh, and, and the loss he has been, and I was thinking of my mother and father as well, he said. Now, I thought that was an unbelievable, I'm not sorry, not unbelievable, but he was so honest in what he said. So, you know, so some other people would, would, could say something else, like, but that's what was going through that man's head. And that'll tell you the pressure that was going through him and the emotion that was going through him. And then I'd, I'd have to say, Adela, like, I was disappointed in Brian Cody, I can tell you. And I can understand maybe he was upset with, with column lines in the last refereeing decision. But the way he reacted, and to me, it was the way Henry looked afterwards when Brian Cody had gone away, that he kept staring at him. And I have no doubt he said something under his breath, right? Because looking at it on the television last night, he, he said one word, and I don't know what it was, right? But I can tell you, that definitely peeved Henry Shefflin. And I'm a big supporter. I'm a big fan of Brian Cody. 
but I thought he Brian left himself down slightly yesterday. And I don't want to wrong the man now, but just looking at the naked eye and what we saw yesterday, it didn't look like, you know, and I don't care what the result was yesterday because Shefflin said it's only a sport. Life is more important. Now, what Shefflin has gone through over the last couple of months, along with other people in Galway, uh, the young girl, Kate Moore, and, and TJ Brennan, all that kind of stuff, it's only a sport at the end of the day, lads. Life goes on. They're all going to go back to work tomorrow. So, you know, that's my take on the whole thing yesterday, I'd have to say. Yeah, in fairness to Dale, the crowd gave TJ Brennan a great reaction to when he came on, so which, which, which was good to see. So I, I agree with you, Mark. In, in a sporting arena, we're all competitive animals. We all want to win Absolutely. at times more than we want to breed. That's what makes this game so unique. No doubt about that. But at the end of it, and given what two boys have been through and how successful they have been, like a, a sporting shake hands at the end of it was required. Uh, before we move on to the game, Dale, can I just give one, I suppose, bit of kudos to Conor Cooney. That free wasn't straightforward. He knew the situation. Oh. It was three and a half minutes in. It was in the middle of the field, into the breeze no in Salt Joe. Hill. No Joe. If Joe had nailed that, we'd probably be putting him up in headlines this morning and we'd be talking about him. But in fairness to Conor, he stepped up and he nailed it. Pressure free when it was needed most. And he hit the freeze well in general all day, in fairness to him. And he's playing well, in fairness, for Galway. And always, always for St. Thomas's. But big moment in the game, and he nailed it. Yeah, and I, look, it was great. It, it was a big moment. We, we talk about the moment now, it's like, but yeah, look, lads, I, th- we've had situations now in the last few years where we've no shake hands between lads who soldiered with me for 12 and 13 years. So I'm not going to get overly caught up in this. I have to say, we don't know the circumstances. I don't think. Hoagie didn't tell us if he knew either. So <laughs> I'm going to take that. As, and we don't know. And I, 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 one of our league games, remember Hoagie, we used to have the league games um, on before the Dublin footballers. Remember them ones? Uh, I think he came up once or twice. One night, was t- there was hailstones and everything, but we'd write words anyway, myself and himself during the match. Oh, it was desperate stuff now. We she got show on as well, did she? That was with Claire. That was with Claire. That was in another life. Um, oh, I wasn't going shouldering for Dublin. I was shouldering for Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I delayed down the marker. That was 2004. He was after bullying oh, the whole Galway yeah. sideline. But, uh, um, no, but let, let's, we walked across the field that night. Like, and what wasn't said to each other? No, there was no foul language or anything. But like, was basically saying that we'd have beaten the shit out of your team as well. Our team that only won the two now, obviously. <laughs> you know. Go away. Yeah, all the way across the field it went on, and I went back for more. And we went, back, and we went both down our separate uh, uh, in tunnel sides oh. into our dressing rooms. And basically, then there was 10 or 15 minutes we go out to do the media thing, and uh, they were waiting. He was coming out, and I was going in, and he put out his two arms, and we had a big hug. <laughs> do you know what I saw? <laughs> Look, I think, I think heat at the moment can, can be a lot of this. And I, look at it, I, I, I think it's an overreaction. He's a round robin. I, I, yeah, I was a, a lot of amateur um, psychologists last night could tell us exactly what was going on and going wrong. It is only a game, Mark, and I think you're dead right there. And that, that, that is. And I know you have been a huge fan of Cody since we started this and all massive. this massive respect. Massive. massive. I just want to ask you, Hoagie, two couple of things. The last three, we'll just go through it. Um, and okay. I'd like to get TJ's take on it being there. Um, but TJ, now we know he had the grind surgery, he missed a bit of time. He looked to me that he was, you know, coming back nice and gently, but they're taking him off at halftime. Like, is there any talk down there last night or today or WhatsApp groups or anything like that that, that, that it was just 
Lendona Marker, he wasn't in it. He'd been beaten for a couple of high catches, which isn't like him. I think one one from one from Darren Morrissey, and I think one from Dahi Bork. And was, was that is that just the Cody way, or is the injury still an issue? It's it's hard to say whether the injury is still an issue because inevitably with the boys inside, you get nothing out of the camp. You know, everything is as you know, they'll tell you, you know, nothing. But like to be honest, I. I Obviously, you're surprised to see TJ going off, but I wasn't either, just in terms of, I haven't seen him as below par in ever, you, you, you know, um, just grand the ball doesn't go your way or whatever, but I just thought he was a bit bit off the pace, you know, um, and, you know, the guy sets such high standards, you know, and he's consistently gets, hits those high standards that, I really, you know, it, it just it just looked like he just, he, he definitely wasn't himself. He definitely wasn't himself. Now, maybe, he was carrying a bit of a knock. And again, as I say to you, you never know. These things don't come out of the camp. And that's always a good sign as well, you know. Brain mm-hmm. was a huge lot of importance in that. Um, but he, as you said, he missed a few, you know, he was beaten to a few balls. It's fine, that can happen. He missed two frees. One, as TJ has mentioned, I had a, you'd have a chalk down before he even struck it, which is completely uncharacteristic. Um, but just even, like, the body language, he was chasing there once or twice back and... and you know, it just, yeah, it just didn't seem to be to be going for him for whatever reason. Um, big call to take him off, you know. Um, but there's no, as 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 Henry knows, and as everyone finds out at some stage, there's no um, there's what you did yesterday or, the, or last year counts for nothing on the day, you know. That's the way Brian looks at it, you know. He's, you know, we've all spoken about that kind of that kind of uh, ruthless element, you know, where a decision has to be made. Um, so it certainly a, a shot across the bow for TJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from that, we weren't getting much change from some of the other guys around him. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't as if he was an outlier, you know. Um, do, do, I say, do you know what I say, Hoagie, is like, we didn't, like, I suppose we were surmising at the start of the championship that we were going to see TJ Reid maybe as a full forward and staying at full forward, right? They played into the breeze, Dale, right? They effectively set up with two men, two men inside, as I said, Billy Ryan and Owen Cody. And I think that's kind of one of the key reasons as to why Darren Morrissey followed him because, God, we were probably eager enough to keep Dahi Burke close to the square. And DJ was in and out and he was trying to get on the ball. And they were struggling at times around the field to anywhere, right? So if he wasn't injured, it was a big call not to give him 10, 12, 15 minutes at 14 with the breeze. Like, I, I, I just thought it was strange. Like, my... my Immediate reaction when the, the substitute was called was that he was injured or there was had to be something wrong with him. Like you just you'd, you'd surely give him ten minutes. Yeah, any just the way notion, he's TJ, Any notion who won the toss, TJ? I know Kilkenny always play into the wind. I right don't want right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. More often, I suppose. I heard um, Brendan Cummins gone on talking about it as well. That they always played with 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 the wind. I think in the or sorry against the wind in the first half because the match usually takes about ten minutes to settle down, but. Um, I, I have no idea who won who won the toss. Um, no, I don't know. Can, yeah, no, I don't. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Just just even looking at it from a conversion rate point of view, which was a very low. You know, I think Galway were fifty four percent and Kilkenny were sixty percent. So that you know, part of that allows you down to the pressure. The guys were under shooting, but still at the same time, you know, for for teams that have aspirations of going on and winning all Ireland, that's that's quite low. You know, that both teams will be looking to to ramp those figures up as the, as as the year progresses as well. So. You know, there were some very poor wides on both sides. Um, but just just on the other thing as well, you mentioned Amir Forna and whatever. I just thought it was interesting. Henry, in the post-match, he was referring to the leadership within the 
you know, the, the, the players on the pitch, you know, and that's very, there was reminiscent of a, stuff we would have heard of, you know, listened to over the years, you know, and he's obviously, look, you some great players there. He made, and he, he name-checked him. You called out Mannion, McInerney, Dahi Burke, but, you know, it's even more important now with the, with the fact that main four now are not there and the, the difficulty in getting messages into the pitch. You want your, your key players understanding the flow of the game, knowing when, right, we need to slow this game down or we're on top and we need to get, we need to up the pace and, Whatever it is, and it was just—it was just interesting that Henry made a point to commenting on that. You know that 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 you know taking a leaf, I suppose, from his own experience and very much giving ownership to those those players. You know, when you cross the white lines, lads, it's up to you to drive it forward from there, and we'll make some changes when we can. But um, as you mentioned, with lack of the mayor for now, that's even more important. Yeah, and it's it's what I've what I'd be finding a bit is is with that is. It can lead to a bit of chaos as well. Like it's different, probably the intercounty or the crim, the le crim, like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Galway set up like that have won all Ireland's in seventy at club level. You can be getting word into the wing back near you to tell the midfielder to go in centre forward, and he's saying, "Why are you telling me go in centre forward?" And everyone is roaring, you know. So it'll be awful handy if you could just send in one of the lads to move him. You know, maybe there's a bit more leeway at club level. But um, TJ Galway had fought back and deservedly gone. You know, they're the, they're the very you know, poor patch twenty minutes, yeah, from half time nearly to the to the fifty seven to eight minute. Um, but then they had driven on again. In fairness to them, and, and um, the goal was sloppy. Would have been a sense of of disappointment around the ground. I'd imagine full of Galway supporters around you. And yeah. yeah, like the free. What you think the boys last night were comprehensive that it wasn't. They're, get, they're getting savage on the Sunday game Twitter account. Anyway, they're, they're all wrong. I presume they're all Galway people texting me. You know, I'm saying they're neutrals. Um, I don't know. I found it very hard. I find it very hard that, that Deegan was coming from behind a little bit, fair enough, right? And it was a good puck out, in fairness to your men. It was like good trajectory on it. But I thought he, he, he dived at the right time and got to the ball first. No... We talked a good bit about the Mike Kiley Seamus Kennedy incident in the first round where he got a belt of the hurley across the head. There wasn't even a murmur. There, was, there wasn't even a 65. And we could nearly say Kennedy got his hurley to, to it first. Um, and he got a belt across the head. So look at, it's fu- like, I think Column Lines waited a split second. Uh, I'd love in that situation if we could go back to Mark's one about the TMO and just sit, let's, we quick look at that. Maybe no, we maybe we it's don't coming. want it being done during the game. All where's the where's the line, TJ? And what was the feeling in the in the in the crowd? I I, I think the, the the overriding feeling straight away was I think that they were thought that Colin Lines were going to blow the full time whistle. I think because he, just, he had gone past the seventy. The time was up. So the time was up. So the, 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 what we were kind of waiting for was the poker was coming. The final whistle was going to be blown. That was the immediate reaction, right? Personally, I and even said it to the lads around me, like I didn't think it was a free. I thought like there was a good bit of separation between Paddy Deegan and Tom Mullen. Like he came from probably ten yards behind him, right? And even what you just said there about the puck out, like was it a very good puck out? Like if Paddy Deegan knocks that down, Dale, right? And Tom Feeling knocks it over the bar, are you saying? Jesus, why didn't he take his time? So we 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 usually go to the we, we usually go to the end results to find out as to whether it was a good or bad. So Bro, Joe Quaid but, and Davy Fitz suffered that one. You're going back to 1996, you know. Yeah. That's definitely that, it, like yeah. That, 94. That, 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 that's the reality. Sorry. No, he, he was trying to do the right thing and finding a loose player, but like I, I, I suppose here the, the rules of the game is like the, 
it looked like Paddy Egan got his hurry to the ball and he knocked the ball down. But did he plow through him and was it dangerous? I suppose that is the question. And like even looking, I didn't see it properly. I saw the replay on the phone there, right? So it's difficult to know. I, it, it looked like Tom Monaghan was cut. I'm not sure whether he was or not. Was he at, at, at the end of it? Um, couldn't say that now. Yeah, I, that. and maybe it was from an, from an earlier one. So, so his I don't hurley know. went flying. Tom Monaghan's hurley went flying and he yeah. went down clutching his head. But I'd be saying, like, because <clears throat> Paddy Deegan was coming from a yard behind TJ, that he had to kind of dive. They had to, to yeah. the touchdown. Yeah. And he probably so, could see the loose kick any player in front of him. The question, and, the question is, was, was, was it wild? That, yeah. Well, what the lad said last night was men, ball, and all. No, that was Arsways for me. It was ball, <laughs> men, and all. But yeah. God, I thought he got the ball first. Right. That's it. Men, ball, and, and all now we know is gone. Like, and real time, I thought that as well. I didn't. I didn't think it was a free, but it just it just depends on what your view is as to whether what Paddy Deegan did was was he out of control, was it dangerous, and I suppose that's what the referee point will make. And, and if he was, it's a free. The other thing too, Delo, is I thought when he blew the whistle, right? I felt at the time, and I didn't see the replay properly. Is I think Colin Lyes paused for possibly two or three seconds. I don't think he gave the hand or the free straight away. Like he blew the whistle, and then he well, gave maybe the one of the linesmen had a word. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe. It's possible. Maybe the crowd. Maybe, maybe, maybe the crowd. May, yeah, maybe. Maybe home. And we all said this is going to be a huge factor. Now, it hasn't affected Claire yet. The home venue being a big factor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but Hoagie is your club mate. He's your buddy, I know. And he's a great player for me. Love watching him and love his tenacious. Look, if the knockdown is allowed, play goes on, and your your man who 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 gets it inside feeling Tom, Tom feeling, Tom feeling got it, yeah. feeling, feeling. and throws it over to Barry. You're saying by okay. fair play to Paddy Deegan, like what a tackle, what a brave. Yeah, yeah. would he have been as well off Hoggy if he just let your man catch it? Monaghan stood him up, maybe turned him. Look at Monaghan under pressure, misplaces the pass, and then Column Lines gets an opportunity to blow the final whistle. It's fine lines, isn't it? You're talking, you were involved, obviously, in a fairly famous free. Yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, but um, absolutely inches. You know, if, if that was a split second earlier, Tom Monaghan had it in his hand, and it was he was half turning, and Paddy would have shot by him. And I could, you know, a half second later, and there'd be no issue because Paddy would have been had the ball. You know, it wouldn't have been as tight. Literally, Paddy had, I don't know what it was, it was 15, 20 yards to make up. Yeah. So he was at at his limit. He was at his stretch to get to it. I thought it was a really brave, committed uh, tackle. You're right. He could have played the percentages and stood down and waited for Tom Monaghan to come down and then try and, you know, shepherd him or whatever. But, like, split second, the ball is delivered. He sees the danger. He sees Tom Monaghan's free. He shoots out. For me, he gets to the ball. You know, Tom Monaghan doesn't win possession. The ball is broken. And you're right. I've no doubt he probably saw a black and amber jersey in front of Tom Monaghan thinking, if I can get this ball broke down, you know, there's a chance. I just, yeah, I, I just don't see how you can give a free in at that stage in a match. You know, as you said, the time was already up, blow it up. But there's there's so many variables there. But for me, he gets to the ball. Um, you know, it's it's very hard to tell a player to, <laughs> to like to pull back in, in in injury time when you're just after scoring a goal, and there's the opportunity to you know to win possession back. I I, I just yeah. Um, maybe I have the blinkers on, but I'm glad TJ is agreeing with me to some respect. I, I, I don't see it as a free, you know. I, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me understand how he decided to give a free in. Full credit to Conor Cooney to step up and, and hit it over after the drama of a couple of weeks ago. But look, 
I think it was a mad, you know. Um, but I think Colin Lyons, and he had, he had a good game overall, I thought. It was a tough physical match. It was a hard one to ref in, in, in at times, you know. And, you know, it is it's a tough job, as, as, as Landers has said. But feck it, like, you know, um, yeah, just... You'd have taken the draw. Sickener. It's a sickener. We'd have taken the draw. We would, have, we, yeah. we'd have taken the win as well, you know. If you yeah. let Tom Feeney, <laughs> you, you always would. You always would. Don't <laughs> worry, we know that bit. We know that bit. Marco, men ball and all is kind of not right, anyways. This ball, men and all, men, maybe. Yeah, men ball and var. Men ball, ball <laughs> and var. That's definitely what should happen. So Great. again, we have discussed this before. My two learned colleagues that are always on with me said, "Ah, oh, there'd be too many stoppages." And I have made the point that there might only be one or two incidents in the game that need to be reviewed. We'd have it done in 30 seconds. And in fairness to Derek last night in the gizmo, the same as Cusick, very comfortable on that kind of digital stuff. I don't know about yourself and Shane Downing. Um, Dale, will you be someone fighting has, over the gizmo make, next week? But Someone has to make the key points as well, Mark. You know, you can play away with the yeah, gizmo. Fair point. Well, when, when I, I must say I enjoyed, I enjoyed Shane telling Derek to roll it on there and rewind it as well. But so... <laughs> exactly. So, for me, Petty Deegan definitely got to the ball first before there was a collision of bodies. And that, to me, was the key thing. He struck the ball first with his holly. It was no free. I'm not interested in the way that the ball might have broke the feeling because I don't think Petty Deegan was thinking that way. He was thinking, whatever I do, don't let the Galway man get the ball in his hand, get possession because they're going to be under attack. So, I think Petty's first job was to get the ball to ground he achieved that. And let's not take away from Cullum's lines. He had a fantastic game overall in tough conditions. Uh, sorry, tough, in tough circumstances with two physical teams. So he had a very, very good game. And it does come back to the video assistant referee. Or, in fairness, Adela, you mentioned in the past <laughs> that a team or the captain be given one opportunity to go to VAR. Um, and if, if the decision is correct, he keeps it. If it's incorrect, he loses it. We have the technology available to us. If Kilkenny happened to go out of the championship because of this decision, it's a long ways out still yet, I think people will, will, will revert back to the key decisions, use the technology, and I'm going to expand out the point as well. The two sendings off yesterday that we saw in Turles, neither of them were shown with the camera angle, the correct camera angle uh, on both incidents. So... We're still a bit in the dark as to why they were sent off. So I think when the technology is there, we need to start to use it. The problem with it uh, yesterday, Mark, is there's such divided opinion about free, not a free, that I'm not so sure you know that anybody could conclusively say I think But to be to be fair, the lads but the, but the lads did slow down the video last night or the, 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 the live action of it, and it clearly showed Petty Deegan's holly hit the slitter before Monaghan got to the ball. That was clear mm. to Anthony. It's clear, The Anthony. thing is, Dodd, did his knees come into the back <coughs> is it? Is it the end? He hadn't touched them. He hadn't. That's an after. Listen, that's an after effect. I mean, when a fella's going over the line for a try, the so. ball hits the line no. and he gets clocked no. within a no, half a second later. Not at all. It doesn't please, matter if you get no. the ball. If, if, you're, if you're out of control, it's a free. That's the ah, he, wasn't, he wasn't out of control. He threw himself... At the ball to try and win the ball for his team, you know. If there's a fell in the way after that, I'm sorry, that's a byproduct. Okay, no we won't solve it. We won't solve it here. It's a bit inconclusive. Me, I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought, 
looked, I've looked at it now and looked at it, looked at it and I'd love another angle. <laughs> you know, some, I'd love an angle from the other side of the field, a high behind on the other side that we could see what angle Paddy took. You know, was he straight through the back of him or was he slightly coming in from the side? But anyway, we, we won't get bogged down all day in it. Both teams still in it. Hoagie, Leinster bubbling up something savage. Again, Munster looks like a dead rubber. Nothing we can do about that. The likes of ourselves and, and Waterford and Limerick. Uh, big Tip teams in Munster. We, we can't do anything about that. But again, Leinster could provide more drama even with the two weaker teams, let's say, in the in the pot, and we would have said three from four, where Munster, you would have said three from five, you know, being realistic and being honest about it. Um, it looks like it's going to bubble up to yourselves in Wexford in, in Nolan Park, maybe the, the last evening. Yeah. Um, as TJ mentioned, all roads said, lead the Salt Hill, you know, and, and, and May and all that. At the back of our minds, we, we kind of knew that this match against Wexford in Nolan Park was going to be to be a big one there's going to be something at stake you know and it does it looks like it could be all to play for the way things are panning out um a massive match oh they're always big matches between ourselves and wexters you know but yeah jesus this is this one is going to be it's going to be good uh, and you can see the importance of the scoring difference as well you know wexters were trying to rack up uh, as much you know points as they could you know and the goals uh um, yesterday as well um you know kenny have got two big win or big win against Leash, obviously you know as well which helped but yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting you know Dublin are still you know Dublin are still yeah. you know there's, it, it's you know I mean look you couldn't call it we, we saw there a few years ago the way you know when Gala got dumped out with in, in in injury time you know it's it looks like it's it's panning out to go the same way potentially mm. um so the dubs, it, the dub, by virtue of the dubs even though their scoring difference isn't as good as anyone yeah. else the yeah. virtue of the fact that they held on for the one point win in Wexford might it's huge, get them, get huge. Them through, and like, that, that, that really blows every that's what blows everything wide open out, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but look, it comes down to ultimately your home matches. You have to, you just have to win your home matches. And if they can you do that, they're fine, you know. Obviously, that's obvious you just playing Wexford, but you know, the importance of so even yesterday, the pressure on Galway, if they had lost or dropped points at home, you know, the the, 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 the picture was completely changed then, you know. So uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, look, look, it's, 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 it's great, you know, it keeps everything bubbling there and, you know, there's a huge interest, you know, amongst the, the, the four sides, you know, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, going to be, going to be a few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And um, little enough action there next weekend, but um, it'll really be helter-sheltered in for a few mm -hmm. weeks. Um, massive win, Wexford, put up a huge score, Leash, I don't know, Leash, Jekyll and Hyde, like they turn up well, one day and they don't. I know they've been missing people in fairness to them. Um, just and on that, Dale, I, I, I was at the match like against Kilkenny and I couldn't get over the lack of intensity from, from mm -hmm. Leash. I mean, a championship match, you know, they looked, they, they obviously had a, their strategy in terms of what they were trying to do from puck outs, but after that, they never, they never laid a finger. Like, genuinely, it was the most pedestrian match I've watched in years. It was dreadful, really hard to watch yeah. now, and no intensity. Um, and they had a goal, they had like, a goal at Dublin. I suppose so had Westmead yesterday. And, and yeah. look, it will just come down then that they, they'll have one unmerciful goal at Westmead and they could retain mm -hmm. their status. I'm not so sure that they, they might be better off to go down to the John McDonough for a year and come mm -hmm. with fresh thinking and, and fresh blood. Their miners had a great win against uh, Wexford. Uh, I know Derek yeah. has a bit of an involvement there. With them, so. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Yeah, look, really bubbling up uh, in Leinster. And we spoke there about Paddy Began making a 15-yard dash marker to try and close down his men. Jez, there was a pop out from Ever Quilligan to Shane O'Donnell there in the first half. I didn't know where he was poking at because I was trying to glance and who was moving. Unbelievable. Some space. And he's sp- Go forward and isolation. Pop it over. Monster Championship. Incredible. Unbelievable. And, and like Hoggy had missed the free just before and Quilligan just slammed it straight down the field, straight into his hand. No one within 30 yards. It's hard to believe, I'll be honest with it. But and where do the problems start? Like, or where do the solutions come where from? Where do you start to address That's them? The yeah. 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 I look, I had a bit of a go today because either either the management are failing tactically or the players as a body are not listening, I'd feel. I think the scoreboard was unfair to Claire's, Claire's dominance. Claire had a couple of goal chances. They didn't take on maybe one flick through by Ryan Taylor, maybe into Peter Duggan, and the match had been dead and buried. It could have been eight or nine points. Fair play to Cork. They kept at it. And the six or seven of them played well, you'd have to say, and stayed going. But the overall, like, it's just that kind of thing. There was another one to Cotton Malone. There was no one within 15-yard circumference around him, like, and he could just turn... Take my time, David McInerney. Another one just for half time. Short puck out. And, 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 I, have and, wind. I have a bit of a wind at my back here. Yeah. I have a cut. And, and like when when you see players that can plant their feet on the ground to strike the ball over the bar, that'll tell you that there's no intensity whatsoever coming from the opposition. And that's not the first time that we have been discussing that on the podcast. This is our third or fourth occasion now. Third us was the league final. The Limerick game, I know yesterday, is exactly the same trace. Um, they change up some some little bit, I suppose, that if it's given going to centre forward for a bit, Mark Coleman going midfield for a while, John Millerick going back, wing back, Kieran Joyce going centre back. Um, Downey was, was selected, there may have been an injury to uh, Damien Cahillan. But he, even a few changes in the stats seem to upset Cork a little bit because. I know it was a Galvin and Mousy start inside full forward on um, on on, um, on Rob Downey, like which you know tried to throw Cork a little bit, but like it was Robin Mousy. The lads should be able Robin to think on their feet, like to me. I mean, mm-hmm. like Downey and Duggan was the obvious matchup, and even if Duggan came to, if Downey came to centre back, I don't think that would have been a problem for Cork either, if they were going to go man to man. But the funny, I, what I can't understand is that. I suppose coming away from yesterday, I think Niall O'Leary played well, Sean O'Donoghue played well, Kieran Joyce played well enough, um, John Melrick played okay. So, like, you had four defenders playing well, and then you still can see 28 points. I mean, how can you comprehend that? Like, so does that mean that oh, they're, they're on too much ball or they're pucking ball and they're not really marking their men? That seems to me to be the single biggest problem that. Everybody seems to be leaving it to somebody else to mark the spare man or mark the man where the, where the ball is going to. And it really was emphasised after the sending off because now you, ha- you know you have a spare man. 
I shook his, we were beat, we were beaten the next seven or eight minutes of the game. We were ran off the field by Clare. Clare got three points from play directly straight after the sending off. That to me was yeah. a was a huge. Why don't why didn't the lads just mark their men? And we definitely would have the spare men someplace, but you still have the spare men. I don't know. Yeah. Midfield, I thought, you know, um, like, like again, now midfield, like, I think Ryan Taylor is crucial to Clare. Like, I, I just think his pace, his ability to, you know, kind of break the tackle with the pace and the feet, three great points from Clare. Like, the Cork, they're not against still in Cork, like, that you, you wouldn't give Ryan Taylor any consideration. Who's he like? I don't know. I'll yeah. give the big stars, maybe that won Monster Miners, Monster 21s, and you know, Fitzgibbon Cup medals now and, and like right who what has Ryan Taylor won? Like he got to one county final was his club, Clooney Quinn. To me, looked at the tip game, you'd have to say you'd have to close down Malone and Taylor in midfield. And they completely dominated midfield yesterday. They get six and play between them and almost, you know, could have created two goals as well if the last pass just had clicked a bit more. And then look at yeah, I've been playing down Claire maybe for the crack here and maybe Maybe a bit deliberately too, but I thought Clare have been very good in the two matches. You know, 321 and 28 points yesterday. And we're not supposed to have any forwards and we're beating 40 points by the Cork Miners last year. And we won a match at under 21 level in seven years. And, you know, massive kudos to Brian Lohan and his group. And look, we hadn't much to bring on up front. Shani's only back from injury. And um, McMahon from North Clare came on again. Like, we're missing Mark Rogers, David Reedy. Um, uh, Shane Meehan Aidan McCarthy Aidan McCarthy Aiden no, Aiden probably won't be yeah. back but the other three have a good yeah. chance of being back I think yeah. like, uh, I just think Clare are in a good spot 3-6 and six, very solid be very disappointed with the way Conor Cleary has been refereed this year lads I'm going to say this like, he's given away six frees a little bit of research on this last night he's given away six frees all year started the league now right started the league now and two rounds of the championship three of those were against Offaly he got a yellow card that day as well, in a fairly comprehensive win. And yet he's had six yellow cards. Like, is there certain fellas, like, if it wasn't Paddy Deegan that dived in for that tackle, Paddy's robust and Paddy's in the thick of it. And we highlighted it as well, TJ, on the Waterford. And Ozzy and Ozzy. Yeah, yeah, what was those? Yeah, if it wasn't, why is Connor clearly getting six yellow cards? Like, is there certain lads being spoken about at referees meeting or maybe too much in media? And we're involved in the media. But I, I, I just think it's something that is going on. Like I, six frees with their six yellow cards. It's a very, very valid point. I, I, I said, look, I mean, as my father would say a long time ago, if you have a name for getting up early in the morning, you can stay in bed all day. Stay in bed all day. <laughs> <laughs> like that, and, and, and that's a that's play. That's a clear one as well. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's, um, it's a point that we've made a number of times about different incidents, but I, I, I do. Like, I, I do think that Conor Cleary has a reputation for holding and manhandling full forwards and I yes, do what think what fullback hasn't done what fullback hasn't the distance but it's a, it, it's, it's a fair point They're, like every team's doing a bit of holding like is, is, does Conor Cleary do any more than any other fullback but I, I, I would say Joe Lawler is brilliant at it uh, Mike Casey is brilliant at it Owen O'Donnell is brilliant at it do you know I, I, yeah. I don't know I, I find it a, a bit you know being highlighted maybe maybe there's nothing else to be saying well, about Claire. I, 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 I do think that that, that 
the more I talk to them and the, the better relationship I'm building up with referees, you're trying to find out a bit more of their psyche going to games. Because even yesterday, I met the great Christy Brown who sent me off for the county final, right? Uh, I remember <laughs> going to the game and, and we, had, we, had, we had a good chat about it. Were you playing that day or on the sideline? I was on the sideline and I got sent oh, off. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, if, 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 like we were having the crack now and in fairness uh, just so men and it's such a we, we can laugh about it now but Christy said he came to the game feeling that myself and Kevin were overstepping the mark on the line and he basically said that one little step on the line and money is gone and Mind I think I lasted I lasted about four or five four or five minutes I lasted I think <laughs> <laughs> was Big Barry after you? No, that was against me and Mellows. But I went to the video analysis box and it was fine. But I, I, to, to the point you're trying to make, Dello, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that there are perceived notions about different players, about whether it is a belt or whether it is a holding incident, whatever it is. Like, I put this, wherever Claire like, are playing next, right, against Waterford, right? If, if the full forward makes it look Limerick. like... Limerick. If, if it makes it look like that Conor Clear is holding him, the, the benefits of those will probably go against Conor Clare. That's the way it is at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, well, I hope he leave Kyle up there because mm-hmm. Kyle and, and Conor wouldn't have any great history, but himself and Aaron Gillen. They've looked look great history, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just to think go, it's something. Yeah. I think even if I, it wasn't Paddy Deegan, maybe, would that have been a different, you know? Yeah. I'd I, I was Keen Kinney that went for that ball. Would that have been... I don't, yeah. <laughs> very valid. In my head, I, anyway. I didn't see the game, Del um, yet between Clare and Cork. How did TK play? TK was very good. Ten times. Ten time and we were a bit frustrated in the crowd, although things were going beautifully. But he wasn't really in it at full forward. But there again, I think Lohan is maybe pulling a couple of master strokes, bringing him to centre against Tip. Right? He didn't play much ball from play, but he took Seamus Kennedy completely out of the middle. Then we had sites like John Conlon soaring up the middle of the field from centre-back. He put him in full yesterday. I suppose Cocker half expecting him to be centre again and Mellorick to pop in and do the job on him. It kind of threw him in that he... Sean, I don't know who, who I thought was outstanding for Cork. I thought he was their best player now. By a long shot now. Now, Larry also, but I thought Dunahu had a great game. And there's a great club mate of mine, a great friend of mine from Cork then at the other side and talking about it. And But I still think it, threw, it tied up kind of Sean, I don't know who that bit. And, and then... Robin Mounsey again, a bit like Kyle Barrett. I thought Robert Downey was kind of took him a while to get the feel of who the lad was. And I mean, again, though, he had shown what he could do against Tip the previous week. That should be nailed all week. But maybe who's Robin Mounsey? I don't know. TK opened up in the second half, TJ. He got some great scores in the second half. And when we needed him, and when we needed him, and when he came out, he, he was gliding, Mark. Would you be fair to say? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought Claire, Claire had great movement about them yesterday. Uh, I thought the touch was very good. I thought on a number of occasions, Cox touch was actually poor, Anthony. There was a few times mm-hmm. where the ball skidded under their legs and the touch was poor. And, um, and I thought oh, sorry, Cox's no, fitness level to, wasn't... Yeah, just to stop you on that, yeah. Kieran sorry. said that in his interview, nervousness. and Is there something? I don't yes. know. I thought, I, I met Mull before the game and I just sent to Mull. There'll surely be a huge kick in your flesh with the stick they've taken. And he said, that's what I'd be expecting, Dillo. He said, like, you know, I would be expecting that. But yeah. this nervousness thing seemed to be very evident. Like, fellas letting the ball out over the line when the pass is coming to him. And yeah, I think the, even yeah. Pat Collins with the puck out. I felt, you know, just delaying that second or two, trying to get him perfect. And then when Robbie O'Flynn had made his run, the Clare man was yeah, on him by the time gone. the puck came. Yeah. 
Well, they say that sometimes perfection is the enemy of good, Mark, and I'm just wondering if Cork looking for that perfect ball, that perfect pass, non-contact stuff all the time. Like, and That seems to be what's kind of striking. And look, I, I made this point about sticking or twisting, and that's the difficulty for a management team, is when you're, when you're like into a championship game and you're changing all your key positions and you know all the noise on the outside, it definitely doesn't help to set up. Like, so there's a little bit like maybe the Kilkenny midfield not being settled, like you, you'd like to go to a championship where you have that access fully settled. And look, they probably had to twist given all the talk that was about it. And I see, I'm not sure whether they were blaming you, Marco, or people like you or whatever with the noises that you were making there for the last couple of weeks and giving all about this and that. And the other be, thing that be. surprised me could be the other thing that surprised me is Jack O'Connor, like for somebody who lit the championship up um, uh, just just last year, like he seems to be gone out of favour. And this year, again, that he was taken off after 26 minutes. So I don't, was he just not firing? Was he injured? Or is it just oh, not happening? Rory, Rory no, has it was, had it was absolutely annihilating. That's a mystery to me as well. Right? 26 minutes, though. Like, you change I'm him still, up, move him out. Do you know what I mean? What? They were down 10 yeah. points, TJ. And it didn't look like getting any better now. But that's a mystery as well to me because... Take, take off the corner forward, forward, is it? Has he been undermined all year? Like? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, take off the corner forward, exactly. But look, for me, I, I, I suppose, look, there was a big headline, obviously, came out yesterday after the thing, like, that, that, that the Cock players were nervous after the criticism they'd taken after the Limerick game. So there's a couple of questions I'd um, be posing to the management now, like, you know, um, why did Christy O'Connor and Jock Cunningham step aside? In the last, uh, since the last management, um, what has happened to Jack O'Connor and Tim O'Manny's form? Because two of them were nominated for All Stars last year, they've gone back so far. And um, why is Seamus Hannity now a peripheral player in the selection of this team? So he was really Cox centre forward for a long, long time, and for some reason, he seems to be gone out of favour. Um, you well, know, wing, like. why, but like, Huggy, we're six or seven points down now, and this has happened now. Waterford, Limerick, and yesterday, six or seven points down, and here's me man strolling out to take a 50 or 60 yard free like He's walking to the free like Why hasn't that been addressed by the management? Listen, Huggy, will you hurry on and get out and take the free? It's not like we are a couple of points up and we're trying to stall the game. Where has Dickie Dalton gone in the setup? Dropped off the panel because he's injured too often? I always found that the fellas who were making the most hits were normally the fellas that were injured more often and he's like he only played 10 minutes in the All-Ireland final last year and he made a big impact um, you know what are the new coaching staff what what is what are they bringing to the table right now like Cork appointed a strength and conditioning coach a number of years ago I don't see anybody transformation in any of the players in Cork at the moment and when I look at Limerick they're extremely big and mobile so are Waterford. And I thought, Dale, a year ye yesterday, you were very fit and very strong. But one thing happened last night for me on the television. I saw the Limerick football game against Clare. And the first thing that struck me was the size and the movement of the Limerick players. And Billy Lee was interviewed after the game. And he said in 2018, they made a decision if they wanted to compete with the best teams in the country, that they had to concentrate on the physical size of the players. And I really think the, that that... that has not got into the cock psyche that the management and I've been involved in both minor and senior right and both managers I'd have to say taught a cock without hurl the opposition right because of what we our history has given us but 
for me, you either physically front up, and that takes time, and, and Cork have put money into that, but I don't see I don't see the fruits of that labour right now. So if the players aren't going to hit the gym, you then out out hurl the opposition, which means you have to be in front of the men first and foremost, get the ball, control it. You only have one chance. Jordine, Ben O'Connor, what do they do? They got half a chance. They the ball in their hand and over the ball before you know it. And you have to move the ball fast. And we are not moving the ball fast. The slow delivery of the ball into the forwards gives the opposition the opportunity to back our forwards. Plus our forwards possibly aren't moving as often as because of the game plan that is being applied, that we don't hit the ball in unless we're 100% certain of it getting to the opposition. And that, to me, is where the biggest breakdown is of all of it. And as a supporter and a former player, it's unbelievably frustrating to watch the curtain set up. Okay, and obviously Cork knock on you. But Hoagie, one of the things, as a great defender and that, and I would have come out of Flannans with, with the great Bishop Willie Walsh, who was Father Willie Walsh at the time, or, or physics and maths teacher as well, but what a, what a mentor it was. And I would have played cornerback on a team that beat Cairns in a, in a learning final. And Hurland has evolved so much since way back then, obviously. But one of the things I'd be saying, and I'd be surprised with, like, with Don Grady coming in, a great full back in his day, you know, and with a coach, the team, with, I suppose, the Brian Murphys and the John Gardners and the Sean Oaks and these guys. Like, Bishop Willie used to always say, if you're not on the ball, where is my man? If I'm not on the ball, where is my man? To the six backs. That seems to be gone, Hoagie. Like, doesn't it? Like, it doesn't seem to matter. It seems to be zonal now or whatever. I thought. It's, it's been gone for, for, for last for years, Cork, from what I can see. I mean, you go back to the All-Ireland against Clare, like, and the goals are going down through the middle that Clare were running in. And, you know, you mentioned Brian Murphy, like, cornerback. Gardner, Curran, like when I would have played against these lads, like if you and go back Rock, to the Limerick, Rock, Kyle, Hayes, Kyle Hayes coming through, I can guarantee you, like Brian, Brian Murphy was always tasked with taking Owen Kelly or whoever the scoring forward was, you know, and these guys were, were, were defenders, you know, and if Kyle Hayes was coming through, one of those boys would have come and meet him, you know, he might have still scored. You don't get that sense from the Cork defenders. I mean, I was on the show with yourselves after the league semi-final when they beat Kenny, and we were talking about their fullback the young lad came up from under the under 20s, you know, and we had a discussion about the sticker twist, you know, and, you know, I was kind of of the opinion, well, like, he'll learn from that, leave him in it for the league final, you know, and four games on, we've gone through three fullbacks, you know, um, Cahalan, okay, he got injured, and now it was Downey. So you're, you're still none the wiser in terms of who your fullback is. Your centre-back, Mark Coleman was there, now he's midfield, and you're asking a 21-year-old to step in and, and man the number six position, who I think in time will do it. He's, he's all the makings of it. But just, you know, like in, in the space of four matches, your whole spine of your defence has had to be changed. And, and I think myself and Mark have, have, uh, have agreed on this point as well. Two guys I would have a lot of time for from a distance looking at them. Alan Connolly, like he came on after 27 minutes, he got 1-1. And from what I could see looking at, albeit the highlights, he offers something completely different to any of the rest of the forwards. He's a racist. He's, I've seen him in the under-20s. He's direct. He's first instinct. Every time he gets the ball, is head down, go for goal. You know, And the goal he got was an example of that. And Okay, Decky Dalton would be of similar you know, kind of physical stature, which Cork either don't appreciate or don't, you know, and don't value, or, or what, I don't know. But 
those guys offer a nice kind of foil for maybe some of the more silkier players. But yeah, from a defensive point of view, Anthony, hundred percent. Like, like you marking space or you marking a man, you know. And there just seems to be a complete disconnect. And we, you know, we saw the highlights, like the puck out. Holy, like Jesus, you go back ten years ago, like Monster Championship hurling, a puck out like Amber Quilligan down into that much of space to a free care player. Like, do you think I'm gonna say? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say, but the, the last two games I was at, especially right yesterday and yeah. Limerick and Watford game, right, is if you're not very organised structurally, right, with your coaching team, right, as to say, this is what we're expecting, this is what's going to happen, this is how we're setting up, right, and this is what we have to do, right, like the interchanging of the forwards now, right, and I didn't even see Tony Kelly yesterday. He probably hopped in different positions. They'll also is somebody man marking him, and if you if you are and you're pulled out of fullback, cornerback, what happens, or are you handing off to somebody? Like th- that is the piece where the confusion seems to be happening within teams because like. Owen Cody, Billy Ryan, TJ Reid, there's a lot of jumping around. You're trying to play with two up top, right? Who's the two defenders inside? Are you following TJ Reid to the 65? Are you following him back to field? Are you zonal? Are you not? And if you're not, right, are you keeping an eye on him? Is somebody else keeping an eye on him? That's the organisational piece, right, that some of these teams are getting hung up on. And the better teams seem to be better organised, as in they know and they've gone through the video analysis. So... it can be confusing, and that's where systems can shag players up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we would have gone through that the zonal, you know, we would have tended to try and hold our shape. You know, you might have one guy detail to pick up a certain individual, but like, the easiest thing to do, and it's not easy, is go man for man, because everyone's clarity in terms of what their job is. But that causes other issues then in terms of your reacting to the movement of the opposition forwards. So generally you try and, you know, hold some sort of shape, but that makes it all the more important. To have your 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 fullback, your centre back, or, or someone making those calls, as you say, you know, handing over if centre forward, if Tony Kelly comes out to centre forward and then drops out to midfield, well, you make a decision. You don't follow him out. You make a call. You hand him over to a midfielder. He's detailed to pick him up because Tony will hurt you. You know, and that communication. Whereas, and again, I don't know. I mean, you, you didn't do tactics. Position. You didn't do What's tactics, Brendan. You didn't do <laughs> tactics, though. We didn't do tactics. No, but we did. We did mm. defend it. Lax, 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 yeah, the thing you did, you sure did that. And, but Lax just regularly appear behind you, like, you know, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, look, Limerick, yeah, Limerick are doing it. The last thing you expect is a tackle from behind oh, yeah. when you're standing up, planting your feet yeah. to clear a ball, you know, for, as, as a mid- midfielder, wing back, your man is in front of you. So it's, oh, yeah. it's, look at Shane O'Donnell, lads, but, one of the best forwards yeah. for the last 10 years. How often was he way deep yesterday, working and covering? You know, with helping out David McInerney every chance he'll get because Robbie O'Flynn is a fair detail and he was one of Cox's better players, but Davy Mack yeah. still had a great game and that's the system I think. And look, it's Rohan's third year and I think they're buying in completely to what he's asking them to do. Can you imagine if you're Tony Kelly? Like, and the probably natural thing with Tony would to line me out at 13 and give me a free roll, or line me out at 11 and let me come out, or even line me out as his club mostly do at eight or nine. But Tony's accepting he'd go in on Sean O'Donoghue yesterday and be patient. It's for the good of the team. No egos. And I'm just wondering, Mark, with yeah. Pamol, The Rock, you ran about The Rock, like was playing on that team, and Donald O'Grady, defensive linchpins of Cock Hurling, you would say, over, over a 30, 40 year period. Is it the players are just not willing to maybe take on board the advice? Is there too many fellas that are just. I don't know, like I don't want to be hard on players. Players put in all the effort, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't put my finger on it. I've been, I suppose, I, I sat behind the management at a couple of the matches. Dearman looks like a pale shadow of himself, to be honest with it. You know, he was 
he was obviously out in the line a good bit, um, doing the Mayor Fernand's job, but he just seems to be just sitting there, like you know, which was never uh, Dearman's um, persona. To be fair, he would like to be to be to be involved, like you know. Um, it's certainly that doesn't see the last time I've seen this is the the players seem to down tools a little bit, and it was remarked after the Limerick game as well that with twenty minutes to go, a lot of the Cork lads had given up in that game. Um, Yesterday, I don't think they gave up yesterday. I thought Connolly made a big difference when he came into it. Um, I, I just say, Mark, on him, Mark, he's he's yeah. one of the guys that looks to have bulked up now, Alan Connolly. Yes, he has. He has. Mm. He, he did get injured last year late, late in the season, and he has certainly put on a bit of uh, condition on him. Definitely, definitely. And the goal was well, testimony like, to that, the way he held off. Yeah, look at Tim O'Manny. Look at Jack O'Connor. There's nothing going on to those two lads. Robert Downey hasn't filled out any bit, and like they're big, they're big men, they're big men for us. Like you know, and and like I, I don't know the ins and outs of 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 the strength and conditioning, coaching and stuff like that. But like beforehand, that he was taken off yesterday, I did say to him, "Geez, he looks like a fellow who's gone out of gas a little bit." Like so, I didn't think Cork were that fit either yesterday, Anthony. I'd have to say. But I think when morale is low and you've been beaten up, I suppose, the last three matches and things aren't going well, it does suck the energy out of you. There's no doubt about that. But I thought Cork had the momentum yesterday just before the sending off. Cork had brought down from maybe eight or nine points down to four. It was achievable. It was manageable to get back into the game. But I felt the team kind of, when the sending off happened, everybody else passed responsibility to everybody else in Usher. We're up a man now, we'll be grand, we'll reel him in. And that didn't happen, Anthony. And that means that players didn't take responsibility at that stage. And it looked like Clare had a spare man for a good part of the game. But just, just want to come back to the, the point that Shane O'Donnell got that you asked about. Patrick Hogan had taken a free, which meant our backs and midfielders had plenty of time to get their set up right. And TJ, whatever system you have or whatever management you have, but for Shane O'Donnell to end up 30 yards in space with nobody marking him, that means that players haven't tuned in, in my opinion. And I think, I just get the feeling, and it was one thing that Jimmy Barry, when I, my year involved with Jimmy, we, we had a couple of very, very good games, and he, he made one point to me. He said that um, he said after 10 minutes of most of the games, the players are playing for us. And that struck to me. And I, I kind of always felt, don't players always play for the management? And I just have a small bit of a feeling the players don't seem to be playing for themselves at the moment or, or for the management at the moment. That's what it looks like from the outside now. Yeah, the ironic thing up. about that one, I'll go back to a sec. The ironic thing about that one, Shane O'Donnell was, was standing exactly where he was picked to play, left half forward. You know, he, he wasn't in any unusual position. He hadn't made a 50-yard burst across the field. He was standing where he was picked to play and where it started the game, You know, which is the... Unbelievable bit for me. Teach, sorry, you wanted to make a point? I, I suppose one of the key points we, we, we talk about is there absolute buy-in from the players into what the management are trying to do, right? That's a question you always ask of any panel, right? But I suppose one of the key questions I'd ask about the Cork setup at the moment is, is there absolute buy-in among the management themselves? Like, is that, is, right. is, 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 is that across the board? Hard to answer that for me, anyway. I have no idea. But I don't know. I, I find it, it, I find three... it hard, but I... I I, I just I, I know the article that Kian gave afterwards or the interview he gave, you know, 
like there was five or six points in it in the article. The heading gave it that oh, it was the criticism that the players have got that has caused the nervousness and stuff like that. But like, like Gary Keegan is supposed to be there in the background. Like, sure, sure, surely his job is to um, have the players in the right frame of mind and the management in the right frame of mind. We all were players that were taught that we should ignore the papers and ignore the outside noises. So now all of a sudden, uh, it's all the outside noises that Scott is in the nervousness. So. I don't know. I, I think there's an awful lot of sound bites and there's a bit of honesty needed and required here now, right? It's 15 against 15 at the end of the day and there's only one ball there and the team that has the ball more often than the other and uses it better, more often than that is going to win. But when there's no willingness to get the ball or take a challenge or give a challenge, there's something else and that's not Gary Keegan. That's not systems. That's, not, that's, that's just a team... As rudderless, I think is a rudderless and spiritless of the words you used this morning, Anthony. And it's supposed to be fair. I, I think to be fair, you'll probably get a fair bit of stick over that, but you'd have to concord that what you're saying is true. But now I just need to bring you up on one point that you mentioned earlier on about Cork being arrogant and the players being arrogant and we not knowing. I think you're a bit over the top on that. That's a little bit unfair because I think a lot of those lads are very, very genuine and they will come back. They will put the shoulder to the wheel, yes. But I don't really know who the person is to get that out of them. And I think that is probably the biggest question that most of the public will be discussing. And this is the biggest question now. Will Cork be going for an inside manager or an outside manager in the future? And I'm sorry, I, I, I might be jumping ahead because we've got to play, we got to go to Waterford and win and got to go to Tipperary and win to stay in the championship. But if we don't stay in the championship, I think what, that's one of the questions that was, is going to be raised. Yeah, and don't for another day. We have the men there already, sure, in charge Perhaps of the girls it. at the moment. So <laughs> it's an obvious move. Yeah. Like, yeah. so you, you don't want them back, no? I wrote that twice, actually. I went back on it and I, I actually took out some stuff, Mac. Because I thought Cork were fairly inept, I, I will say. And yeah. I give you one incident near the end when Hoggy, I thought, actually did a bit. When I watched it back, I thought he played a bit like he got, I think he got four from play. The freeze were off. It was he took the, the rocket of a shot that Quilligan saved that broke to Kingston and he didn't Brilliant. control it, remember? Um, yeah. And like, when Hoggy took a shot near the end and Dean Ryan came across from right half back and just threw his body in front and got it. And a Hoggy shot now stings, let's face it. But he threw his body across it. And I, I thought that nearly summed up the difference between the two teams, I'll be honest. He was willing to put yeah. the body on the line so Clare get over the line. Yeah. Do you think yeah. there was more of that from Clare? Look, lots I, of Cork players had loads of that. I'm not being critical of all yeah. the Cork players. Jesus, no. I'd, 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 Clare full-back line, I'd be delighted with uh, the way they hurled. And Paul Flanagan has had a real renaissance in his career. I love Cleary at full-back. He's desperate steady. But, like, which full-back line in Ireland wouldn't want Sean O'Donoghue at the moment? Like, fellas like that. I mean, I, I saw all those fellas coming up along, Mark, in the... While I was involved at Limerick, brilliant players, I would have thought. You know, would have played them in a, in a fresher semi final when I was with Joel. And a lot, you know, the, the Tim O'Manis, the Coleman's, the Kingston's, the, the who else? Robbie O'Flynn's. Brilliant game below in uh, below in Mallow, extra time. And geez, these fellas are going to be stars, absolute stars. We had the Kyle Hayes's and this world, you know, a couple like that. And, and I think the UL lads have kicked on maybe a bit better. Some of them, some of them, not all of them. I know you won't go from freshers, but you know, I, I'm not. Jesus, I, I, I'd have a great, I'd great crack 
could the Cox supporters over the Greyhound track yesterday? I suppose you'll be riddling on us now tomorrow and fellow sent me the pair price. <laughs> Depends on how it goes. If if you're very good, I won't be riddling you, I'll be riddling Claire. I says I can uh, you write my car I see. You know? Absolutely. So, and, and what's more, Anthony, is that you could have wrote the same column for the last three matches that Cork have played. That's the killing thing about it. Like, surely we all said, like, as Mull said, like, there's going to be a kick in these lads today. Like, we end up being 15 points to four down. And we're blaming the nervousness and we're blaming the, the outside noises then. That just isn't good enough. Like, so is it the management? Is it the players? Is a combination of both. I think both will have to take responsibility for the performance at the end of the day. Where, like, when the players go across the white line, no matter what happens, they have to stand up themselves as a man, as an individual. You have to stand up yourself first and foremost. And we just don't have enough lads standing up. That's unfortunate. Yeah, and I think I think Hoagie mentioned on field leaders, no more foreigners. We need more of those. Probably Galway had them. We know Kikini had them. I got cleared a fair few of them. Yeah. We know Limerick have them. Do you know what? For possibly. Look at We could talk about it all day. TJ, do you think Munster is sort of half done and dusted now? Look, no Waterford men will agree with that, like, because he, he'll he have to play Cork um, wounded, there'll be a response or not, and he has to come to Innes the last day. So, you know, maybe if Cork can pull off a win, Tip could be if, gone. If Cork, yeah. It, Tip have to come to Limerick, obviously, the weekend. You'll probably just be fancying Limerick in that. I believe Kyle might be back, TJ, and, and Jamie might be back. She's so, yeah. Yeah, um, so Tip could be gone. Like, so the, the cork for match is probably the monstrosity match now, but is is it in Cork, do you think, TJ, to come, go down into Walsh Park at the moment and come out with a win? Because that's the bottom just, line. Yeah, like I, I didn't see the game yesterday, so tricky to comment, but I just thought that there would have been a big reaction from Cork yesterday. Everything would have been done. They made a few changes. And then as Max said, to find themselves in a hole, like 10, 11 points down, probably speaks enough for itself. So I just don't see it. I think that to be fair to Lohan and yourselves, Dillo and Claire, um, getting all the boys back has been huge. Um, like having Shane O'Donnell and Peter Duggan adding to the team. And, I, and, and even you're still missing a, a couple of forwards, as you said. I think that the, the wind is with them. Uh, I, I, I think that Lohan seems to have got the buy-in around the county and even there was kind of like maybe Jürgen Klopp-like uh, salutes to the crowd yesterday and the crowd getting beside him, what I, what, behind him, what I've seen. So I, I definitely think uh, the, the, the force is with like Limerick, Waterford and Clare at the moment. That's what it looks like. Um, as to who will be one, two and three, that's that's a question. We, like, we, we need another round to, to start out. But... I, I just I said the, the, the struggles that we're looking at for Cork and Tip can either of them find something to qualify right now I don't see it time is short time is short for that you could easily see them being major contenders next year but yes. time is short for that to, to, to fix it straight off you know yeah yeah. Um, but look that's grand let's show look we, next week's show anyway we, we'll be looking back at Limerick and Tip and We'd be doing an awful lot looking forward because there'll be major ones coming the following week in every province. Uh, so there'll be a lot of looking forward next week. Uh, Joe McDonough, lads, quick glance. Kerry, massive win. Meat, obviously not going well, but, you know, it's a huge score, six goals. And Antrim, again, pulling off. Uh, Antrim were kind of sailing close to the wind, but they're, they're, uh, they look like they're in the final now. Uh, probably anyway, unless something untold happens and... It's a massive one then next week there in the Joe McDonough for Kerry and Offley. Kerry Offley have to go down into the Stacks Park now, which will be 
fair like the Kerry hurling crowd now will come out because maybe there was a little bit of tour and Stephen Malumphy kept his guns and he's after coming up with a big win and a uh, couple of big wins actually and uh, now they'll, that'll be an amazing one to look forward to and there was major moves in the fantasy hurling over the, the course of the weekend there was a lot of you know I think it must have been a record score for the week that came from the bouncers of Gary Spillane we have a new man at the top of the podium now. The mad bouncers, uh, 236 points. Like, I must have had Norman 10 because I'm going down to third. We got a master stroke there, TJ. Mark Fanning has missed two penalties. You stuck with him. stuck with him. We got a lot of big I didn't roll him to give me a great score the first day. Yeah. probably the ship six. Not much you could do about him, no. I had a couple of... We had um, one, one of the years, David Fitzgerald. Um, he was he was as, as a back playing in the forwards. He was he was he was a nice little pick for us that we had picked up on. But uh, yeah, I have to credit the team here. No, I was blaming Cormac for the league that he kind of got some of the calls wrong. But he's getting an awful lot of them right for the championship. <laughs> so we've put our, we've put ourselves. We, we're after making the break. We're a long way out, but we're going for it now. So we have to stick with it. It was a strange weekend, Delo, and it was only kind of um, only the one game in Munster. So I said we know changes until. After next weekend, so we, we might get the bounce of the ball there with the players. And I have the great TK as captain now, so he's just starting mm. to take off. And I can nearly feel more scores coming and more and, 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 and bigger performances. So, yeah, in a nice position, nice position. Yeah, and I'd overall, like, I'd, like, I'd like I'd like to have Dermot Burns as my captain now, but poor old Donald Burke, who has served as well now as captain, to be fair Very to good. him. But, uh, yeah. but you see, it's the makeup of your team and how many how many changes you'll be allowed to make now going forward, you see. And yeah. if Cork are gone and Tipper gone, you won't be able to get rid of them. I've only one Cork in my team now. Wait, maybe I knew something early on. And, you know, I've only TK, so I can ship in a couple of the Clare boys in as well, you know. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Picking the tree in both, you see. Now, the tree in Munster, we all have nearly thought or decided. But the yeah. tree in Munster <laughs> could be the crucial, crucial move. Could you be. take out TJ now. Is, I, he, out? Is he out of yeah. it also? But, uh, Jesus, Hoagie. But... Billy, Billy Ryan, right? I stuck with him. You got, I don't know how many goals you got. Was it 434 you got last weekend? And he was scoreless. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And he could only get one goal from me yesterday as well. Oh, Jesus. I made a big play for at, him now. How would you it's go between yourself and Larry. Morning? It's between yourself and Larry for the Europa, Europa League spot, Mark, let's face it. Um, <laughs> and Hoagie, will you think long and hard about the next set of transfers? Because McGrath... And Cadigan are up behind you, like, do you know? I'm sure. Sorry yeah, for you, Dan. You're kind of analyst there with you, picking your team for you and advising you. And there are my own two screaming kids trying to pick this fucking team. Now, their young lads are picking the team, and Pam Mulcahy picked his team for, for the league, and he still couldn't win that. But uh, um, my three ladies haven't much interest in it, like, you know. So um, I'm on my own completely. But look, I follow, try and study. And, I'm not out Yourself of this. I'm not out of this. I'm quite confident on I'm not out of this. And we'll see. Actually, Long way what, to go. How's the overall picture? Um how, how did um I was chatting to a guy last night, Tomas Lelly, he's a brother of Kevin's. He he'd been top, I think, there on where is he still there? No. No, oh, maybe he didn't have a great no, 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 he, he was he was I hoping can't... he'd be on the front page, so I mean, that's that's not good well, for you. You're taking over completely down around uh, South Limerick, uh, TJ Hospital uh, Herbert Sound, John, John Paul O'Connor, yeah. yeah, good week as well. John yeah. Paul. He's gone to the top, great, 786, some scoring, John. And I love the name of your team as well, John. No longer the whipping boys <laughs> of Munster. Very apt for today's show, I think. 
Brendan Noonan, who we often hurled against, has gone into third there in the Mills. Uh, the Mills Fireballs, the O'Callaghan's Mills Fireballs, that's what we're traditionally known as. And uh, Patrick on Cannon, great score, 255 as well this week, right up 771. So great stuff, lads. Um, what are we on? An hour and an hour and 40. Brilliant. And TJ, you have to check out the room soon, I presume. I she's knocking on the door, they'll have to go. Brilliant. And, and you know what? As I said, to you, in anybody coming to Galway in the near future, check out the G, lads. Look for Morris. Hey. Good Ireland man. He looked I'd say he got the G. I'd say he got the G for nothing, Marco. Did he? he the G. <laughs> yeah, come, yeah. Here. come here, he's giving us some Br- plug. But come here to Br- me. He'll be tested there now in a couple of weeks when we'll be going to Belly Brick for the races to see how many I, how I, many uh, famous rooms Morris will give us. <clears throat> I'll meet him on the way down, Marco. I'll tell him you'll be on. But come here. The racing, club, we, the racing club will be going on block, Marco. Yeah? Hi, did it? Where was your man that sent the Twitter feed, the too old, too slow? Or if this will bring you places. You, where he, was he? he? At, the, at darts. the darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That was brilliant, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I heard a story last four, night as well. But... For 476 members, lads. And we oh. will uh, we'll be launching the website by the end of the week. So I know a lot of people have been trying to ask how to pay the membership and stuff for like that. So we'll have the website up by the end of the week. And obviously the big news is our second meeting with Jim Bulger on Wednesday in the morning and Mr. Willie and Patrick Mullins in the afternoon. So fierce, exciting times. And obviously the three-year-old filly that uh, we've, we've agreed with the owner, Breeder, to go to Willie McCreary. Or Kild- and Kildare are going well, lads. So, you know, yeah. it's all points in the right direction. Have you had for later in the week, boys, for, for the boys listening to the podcast tonight? Marco, they were asking me last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Friday night. All roads Friday lead night. to Cork. 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 Yes. Which queen? Which horse? The queen? Lady Tilbury. Lady Tilbury. Okay. There you go, the guys. The Renan Racing Syndicate. You've, you, you've mm. heard it here first, so... Good man. Remind me that they're on TJ. Any Fogra Fogras? No, just a brilliant weekend. Dello from Conor O'Neill looking after me in Punchestown. To everybody in Galway, in the Mulcairns and Paul Bellew, I'm living the dream. So whether you follow Willie Mullins, Jorgen Klopp, Henry Shefflin, Brian Cody, John Kiley, Katie Taylor, what a weekend. Brian Lohan. Or Brian, Brian Lohan, I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, just before we go, I, I mentioned it earlier, but just to acknowledge the passing of... Uh, a club great, uh, Tim Comerford, uh, father of Andrew Andy. and Martin. Um, so, you know, big character, big man, <laughs> tough man. But, um, you know, he'd be missed. He's sitting the wall at the, at the entrance in watching the training sessions, giving his opinion. But he passed away during the week. So, um, obviously, just, you know, as a, as a big figure within our club, just acknowledge uh, his passing and condolences to the family. Well said, well said, well said, Brian. And and he had to be an RIP to the man, and uh, he had to be a good character to produce those two characters. I tell you, uh, and I, went to, I, went, I went to Boston with Andrew on an all star trip one time around 98 or 9, and uh, he was the life and soul of the party. I think that. <laughs> and a sound man to boot, a sound man to boot. Great stuff, lads. We're, um, are we, uh, come here, huh? are we doing a live podcast in Dungavin on the, the Tuesday or the Thursday night before the Cork and Waterford game? Oh, Jesus. I think, I think the 12th, it's advertised. It? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, and my Hoagie God, Thursday, well. Thursday the 12th. Thursday the 12th. Oh, my yeah. God. And Derek, uh, Hoagie and Derek, it's going to be a big night. Uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Um, we'll be looked after down there by the Flins, I'd say. So, um, I'll be the referee. The old, the the old bank hard. in Dungavin, I think, yeah. So, TJ, think up oh, with well. a few new stories, will you? Talk to Donny. 
I gotta go. I gotta go. The lady's not gonna go. He's been thrown hotel. He's been thrown out of the hotel. Good luck. See you, Bob. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 